when I first came to the Lord, um, one of the authors that, he, uh, that Kenneth Hagin read after I found out, I was in an old Bible school in my hometown, and so uh, I wouldn't read books unless they were recommended to me. So somebody recommended Kenneth Hagin's book, said he was real good at teaching on faith, minister, mentioned several others, and then as I was listening to him, I heard Kenneth Hagin say, well, you know, uh, E.W. Kenyon, and he mentioned him in some of his books. So I went to a bookstore and picked up all of e. Essex W. Kenyon's books, He's from the state of Washington. He, was, uh, he died in 1947 or 8, I think, uh, but was uh, a man beyond his years, had in Christ truths that are incredible. And I, I noticed, I remember, and I never forgot this all my life, one of the books I read, uh, and he really had some excellent teaching on faith, the promises of God, who you are in Christ. One thing he said about faith was, uh, he said, if you're a pastor, and, I, and I, would, I was just, man, I was 18. But he said, if you're a pastor, you ought to have a, he called it a faith clinic in your church and he said if you're a pastor you need to in some way include faith in your messages every week and he just made a real point to say that and then uh, through the years and you've heard me say this because there'll never be a time in your life that you don't need to exercise faith either for yourself or for somebody else. If you've been any length of time at Victory you've heard me say that a multitude of times. So how many know faith is like a muscle? And faith has to be exercised uh, for it to work. So I want to talk about the past tense of faith tonight. And uh, because faith is a muscle, you got to exercise it constantly. How many know if you don't exercise a limb, it atrophies? I broke this arm. This, this is one of the largest bones in your body, the humerus. Uh, I broke it right below my shoulder. I fell on my bike in 2013. And so I had to wear my arm in a cast you know, for six weeks or so, and then, then you know, then I had to exercise. But, but the muscle atrophied, and then the usage of the shoulder atrophied. The, that is, the muscle shrank, and I had to get that thing back in gear. So it, it took me a while to be able to do the push-ups I normally do and all the other things. That, and, I, and it showed me then how quickly muscles will reduce if they're not used. And that's the way faith is. Faith is. You may have a faith episode, and that's where a lot of people are challenged. They have a faith episode in their life. One time in life, hey, here we go, God, look at us, let's go. And then they kind of slack off. And, and faith is such that you should never slack off with exercising faith. How many hear what I just said? That's really important. So Tonight I just want to give you some practical things about uh, the past tense of faith. Again, uh, Ephesians 6, 16 mentions it's the shield of faith that quenches all. Everybody say all. And it calls the attacks of the enemy um, the fiery darts of the enemy, the evil one. So it's the shield of faith. And the shield of faith, you know, uh, uh, first century, the Roman shield is what Paul was referencing. That shield just wasn't a little shield you may have seen in a movie somewhere. That shield was so large uh, that it covered the entire front of a Roman soldier's body from head to toe so that the first thing the enemy saw when, an in, uh, when a Roman soldier came was the shield. And what the enemy should see in your life uh, when you come up against the situations of life, when the enemy comes to attack you, first thing you ought to see is your shield. Right? So does he see your shield of faith? You ought to keep it up. Ought to keep it going, and I got a lot to say about that, and I got to watch my time. Uh, the Roman soldier, they had to watch the shield. It was made of leather, various, uh, various. Um, uh, uh, anyway, it was thick leather, 
and it had layers of leather is what I was trying to say. And he, they had to oil it regularly so that the leather wouldn't crack and then breach and then the arrows could come in. So they had to take care of their shield every single day. So are you taking care of your shield of faith? You should be. And then John, the apostle John mentioned in his epistle, 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And he says the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. So you got to keep that faith going. So Jesus mentioned the importance of faith uh, in the Gospels, and I just want to read these. These really have impacted my life. If you don't think that faith is important, just listen to what Jesus said about exercising faith. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to uh, uh, some parents of an epileptic boy who was having seizures and nobody could help him. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So the onus he put on the parents, not on him. He didn't say, I can do it. If I can believe, if I have faith, if I, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Many times we want other people to take responsibility for what we're responsible for. And as a pastor, I've seen, you know, here's, here's the way it is in life. Like it or not, here's the way it is. God expects us to grow up spiritually, yes or no? And with that growing up uh, is responsibility. I can tell you as a young believer in my, you know, when I first came to the Lord over 42 years ago, there were things I could, help, I could get other people to help me do that as I grew in God, I saw that uh, their prayers were no longer effective for some things in my life. I could have, for instance, somebody come up and easily pray for me to be healed when I first came to Jesus. But there came a point in my spiritual life that God expected me to stand on my own two spirits spiritual feet and exercise my own faith and not depend on someone else's. A lot of people today want to depend on others for everything and not develop things themselves. And one thing about faith is you've got to develop it on your own. How many hear me? So if you've, ever, if you've got children, your children have to learn to do things on their own. We've got children, now grandchildren. I'm looking forward to great-grandchildren one day. Well, they've got to grow up and they've got to learn to be personally responsible. So each believer's personally responsible to develop our faith and what God wants us to do. He has already given us a measure of faith. Romans 12 says, God has granted to every man and woman the measure, a measure of faith. When you're born again, how many know God gave you faith? For by grace you're saved through faith. And it's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. The grace is a gift. The faith is a gift. So you say, well, I don't have any faith. God gave you faith when you got saved. Is that good news? And God expects you to take that gift he gave you, exercise it, do something with it. So when the crisis of life comes, we come, we're not ill-prepared. When challenges come, we say, I'm ready. Right? So ready or not, here comes trouble. So here again, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said to, to a, a military leader, the Bible calls him a centurion, he was over a group of soldiers and he had a sick soldier. He said, go your way as you have believed. That strikes me. He didn't say, as I have ability, that's what we normally think. As I have ability, that's not what he said. He said, as you believe. So be it done for you. So what did it, what's he say? A faith is very personal. And, and as you grow in the Lord and as you grow, grow up in God, God expects all of us to exercise our faith. And, and you, reach that, you reach that tipping point that no longer can you 
expect others to have the faith that you yourself should develop. How many hear me? That's where a lot of people, how many know it, get, get in trouble because they think they can keep doing what they did when they first came to the Lord, depending on other, nothing wrong with praying for another person, nothing wrong with exercising faith for another person. But when it comes to the end of it, we're responsible to develop our own. How many hear that? And a lot of people get into trouble because they don't exercise their faith. Then when the challenges come, they're not prepared for the challenge. So this is a, just I want to boost you tonight, build you up. Here it is, Matthew 9, 2. Uh, then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. So if you read further, there's a couple, about four guys. They had a friend who couldn't walk. He was in a bed. Uh, they went up on a roof with a thatch, uh, with a thatch top on it. And they took the thatch out, dropped him down in front of Jesus, who was inside in front of a big crowd. And it was a big deal for the friends to get the guy up the ladder who couldn't walk, up the ladder on a bed of some kind, uh, you know, and uh, some portable deal, and then lower him back down in front of Jesus. And it says, when Jesus saw their faith collectively, it just took a lot. They believed that they could get that man in front of Jesus, that he would be healed, and he was. But Jesus saw their faith. That struck me. Matthew nine twenty two. Uh, here's a woman who had uh, who just had female problems for twelve years, and it was so bad, no doc- doctors could help her. And she just knew if she could touch the robe, the hem of Jesus' garment, which had tassels on it, which stood for the word of God. If she just grabbed one of those tassels, she knew she would be healed. She touched Jesus, and the moment she touched him, Scripture says, power came out of him. And she was immediately healed of a condition she had had 12 years. Jesus turned around and said to her, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith. Everybody say, your faith has made you well. He didn't say, my power has made you well. He didn't say, my ability has made you well. He said, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Here's a couple of guys. They were on the side of a road, and they were blind beggars, and they were just crying out for somebody to help them. They heard that Jesus was coming by, and they, they asked him to help them. And he said, what do you want? They said, I, I want to receive my sight. Then he touched their eyes saying, according, this is Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, let it be to you. Now I've taken those scriptures in Mark and the rest of these are in Matthew. And uh, I've, I've read that over and over. All things are possible to him who believes. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic. And then Jesus said to that woman, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. And he said to the blind guys who, who were uh, healed of, of blindness, according to your faith, let it be to you. Now, then what does that say to me? Jesus is looking at my faith. And you know what? He's looking at yours. And when he looks at you, is he going to find your faith answering? Is he going to find your faith ready when the challenge comes? It should be and it can be. I want to help that a little bit tonight. This is a quote I got from uh, Smith Wigglesworth's books. The only, one of, the only book that was really ever written by him, a stenographer in 1924 took down his, his uh, messages and then uh, wrote them out. And so ever-increasing faith is actually his. A lot of people have written about Smith Wigglesworth's life. But he got this from that book. And he said there's something about believing God. 
that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. Do you let that sink in? A million people is a lot of people. Huh? How many people are in our county? How about, you know, Wake, Durham, all, you know, a million people. Think of it. God will pass over a million people just to get to you. Does that seem to indicate there's an importance to faith? At least in Smith Wigglesworth's mind, yes, it is. And I would say in God's mind, it is too. So here's something. Here's what I want to bear, uh, the point I want to bear tonight. Uh, when praying for th- certain things personally, when exercising faith personally, you got to get the tenses right. Now, now, over the years, I've prayed with people about all kinds of things, physical healing, finances, all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues. And I can tell after we pray whether or not the person's going to receive. I, I can tell. And here's the telltale sign. I say, well, what do you believe? And if they say, well, I believe God's going to do this, I know we just failed. Did you hear what I just said? If they say, well, I believe God's going to do this. We just failed. It's not what God's going to do. Got to get the tenses right. The tenses mess us up. God doesn't work in the future. That's hope. Faith works right now. It's either past or present, but never future. Hope is a future thing. We hope things work out. We hope you know, the healing comes. We hope the finances come. We hope the circumstance changes. We hope to get the job. We hope this turns out. We hope that's future. And there's no guarantee with hope, yes or no. Huh? And hope is important. Hope, hope keeps you, hope is the anchor for your mind. You hope to be better. You hope, you know, you got up this morning in, in hope that you're living today, right? And tomorrow and next year. How many are hoping to have a good Christmas? How many are hoping to have a good 2019? But faith takes a hold of hope and says it's right now. So when I pray with people, I'm listening to them carefully because I usually go into detail if I pray for someone in person and make sure they understand the difference between hope and faith. And when I pray with someone, you know, I want to know if the word has entered, really entered their heart And the telltale sign of walking by faith is you're not expecting God to do something in the future. You act as though and speak as though he's done it now. That's the key. That's a challenge. How many know that's a challenge? So I've got this written in my notes and y'all don't have it. You don't have it. This is my notes. You don't have it on the screen. You can't receive in the present from God by talking and thinking in the future. Did you get that? Let me say it again. You can't receive in the present by talking or thinking in the future. So examine yourself. Are you talking about what's going to happen, what God's going to do? Or are you thinking and expecting as though he's already done it? See, that, that's the big key. Let me show you this now. First, before I go there, uh, uh, let me also say about faith. Faith is a challenge. It's hard. This is not an easy if you like the easy way out, the way of faith is not for you. How many hear that? I mean, I'm serious. There's a lot of other ways you can live. You may or may not make it doing it another way. But if we want to please God, faith pleases him. And faith is a, the way of life of faith is a challenge. It's hard. It's not easy. How many hear me? Um, 
1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight. Everybody say fight. The good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight. That Greek word for fight, you can look it up just like I can. It's the... Uh, it's in the uh, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. It's number 75. Go look it up yourself if you got a concordance, a Greek concordance, and uh, uh, that word agonizomai. Now, what do you hear in agonizomai? Agony. Fight. Agonize. The good agony. What's he, what's, what's he saying? This is a challenge. This is tough. This fight is difficult. Fight. The good fight. When I think about it, I'm gritting my teeth. Say, I'm going to do this. You ever been through an era of life and you think, you know what, this is hard, but I'm good for this. I'm, I'm not going to lose it. I'm going to make it. You ever had to set your jaw? I've had a few times in life, life was so hard. I said, you know what? I'm going to make it. I'm going to do this. And every day was hard. You ever had a time like that? If you haven't, just keep living. You'll figure it out. It will happen. Fight the good fight. So... Um, it's a challenge. It's difficult. It's hard to say no to the flesh. It's, it's hard to say no to what appears to be real when you've prayed and when it looks like the prayer is not answered. It's a challenge to look beyond that and see the promise of God, to ignore thoughts, to, to look beyond the feelings, to challenge the thoughts, to challenge the feelings, to challenge what looks like isn't and say according to the word of God it is. It's hard. How many know it? It's a challenge. Sure it is. It's a struggle to look past what you can see and feel. So again, if you're hoping just one day that things will be different, you're not going to receive from the Lord. Okay? You've got you to ex expect now. Believe that God has done or is doing and talk that way. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith. Everybody say now. The New Kings or King James Version, New King James, now faith is the substance of things hope for that now is the tense of faith it's past or present never future again if i'm putting that god's going to do something in the future that's not faith it's hope and hope is a very poor receiver hope is a dreamer but hope is not a good receiver hope is the basis for faith but faith takes hope that's in the future and brings it to the present i got a couple of illustrations here uh, joshua 6 god promised joshua um, that Jericho belonged to the Israelites. It was a walled city. It was impossible to penetrate. They had no idea how the Israelites were going to penetrate the city of Jericho. And God said, here's Joshua, this is Joshua 6.1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. They sieged the city. Nobody could get out or in. And they could definitely couldn't get in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Now, the walls were still standing up. The king was just fine. The mighty men were just fine. They were safe and secure. But God said to Joshua, before they ever conquered the city, I've given that city to you. Is that good? Say, so that's faith. That's how God does it. If you wanted to know how God does things, he expects now. He calls things now. He calls the things that are not as though they are. He expects things to happen now. That's faith. And if we'll add that ingredient to life, how many know things can change and change dramatically? See, God spoke to, to Joshua in the past tense. I have given 
Jericho into your hand. Can you imagine Joshua when he said, I've given, jo- I've given Jericho into your hands. Uh, it might be the first thing he did is look around, where's the breached wall? Or where's the gate open? And nothing's open. God said, I've given it. Just a few days later, as they obeyed God, how many know the walls fell down flat and they conquered the city? Abram, God uh, appeared to him first, first of all in Genesis 12. Then sometime later, Genesis 17, God spoke to Abram, which means exalted father. And he said, no longer shall your name be called Abram, exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of many nations. For a father, for I have made you a father of many nations. And that's before he and uh, Sarah had any children. They were completely childless. And listen, it took 25 years from the time God spoke to Abraham until the time the promise was fulfilled. Abraham was 75 years old when God first spoke to him and said, your uh, offspring are going to be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. And, uh, and he had no children then, and he was 75 years old. It took, and, then, and then he's 100 years old. Finally, she gets pregnant and Sarah's 90. It took 25 years for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Well, what does that tell you? He had a lot of years of calling things that didn't look like they were happening as though they did. And so God changed his name to make sure he would do, do that. He says, you're no longer Abram, you're Abraham. So every time he said his name, Abraham, he was saying, I'm a father of a multitude. He introduces himself to a new king, uh, to a new friend. They're traveling around. He's going from city to city. What's your name? My name is Abraham. And they look around for his kids. Where are your children? Uh, you'll see them. What else can he say? God wanted him to call himself what he wasn't until it came to pass. You get it? And then Romans four seventeen, as it's written, speaking of Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead, and here's the key, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Isn't that good? So faith, let me say this about faith. Faith faith doesn't ignore circumstances. So if you have um, pain in your body, if you've got a if you've got a negative balance in your checking account and you're still paying bills, how many know that's kind of dumb, right? Or if the circumstances are looming and you're calling those things that are not as though they are, you know, what are you doing when you're doing that? You're looking at the circumstance to be saying, Father, here's what it looks like, but here's what you promised. And I thank you that I believe I receive what you promised. And what a lot of people are doing today, they're calling those things that are as though they're not. That's not what God said, do He call, said, call the things that are not. That is, call His Word. Say what His Word says. Call, speak, say what God's Word says about you. How many hear that? Jesus spoke in past tense, so God spoke it to Joshua in past tense. He said to Abraham, a father of many nations, I have made you, past tense. And then here, Jesus in John chapter 11 Jesus spoke in past tense when praying just before Lazarus was raised from the dead. And so John eleven forty one. here's Jesus' prayer just before he called Lazarus out of the grave. I love this. They, then they took the stone away from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Isn't that good? 
Now, see, you see the pattern. You, we could just talk about Scripture after Scripture after Scripture here. Well, here's just some very simple examples. And, be, and this is the way God, He expects us to live and act as though His Word were true right now. And so anything that I personally want to receive from the Lord, I've got to get the tense right. I've got to take it from the future, one day God's going to, to the present. And again, let me end with this. I've got a number of translations, and I actually read these quite a bit, and I have over the years. They're in my notes, and I have them printed out and have for a long, long time. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus, of course, in verse 23, he told his disciples to uh, watch what they say. He said, you can say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass, you'll have what you say. Then he said, therefore, I say to you in verse 24, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, here's the key. Believe you receive them. Now, see, that's a challenge, and you will have them. Now, that's a little blind to us. Again, whatever you ask when you pray. Now, the Greek literally reads it this way. Believe you receive. The them is there for explanation. It's not in the original text. Believe you receive and you will have. So there's a God part and a man part there. A God part and our part. Our part is believe that you receive. God's part is you will have. It's not my responsibility to make something come to pass or happen. That's God's responsibility. If you try to do God's thing, you'll keep thinking, well, when's it going to show up? When's it going to happen? When's the healing coming? When? No, you, that's not your problem. That's God's. What's my responsibility? Believe that you receive them. That's me. That's you. What are we supposed to do when you pray about something? Act like God's already answered the prayer. Not sometime in the future. You say, but it's not manifest. He wants you to call those things that are not as though they are. Father, so you're praying for healing. Father, thank you. So I had, uh, I had a tennis elbow a couple of years ago. I didn't tell anybody, but just to hold my Bible was painful. This is when I actually preached out of my leather Bible, and it was, you know, this thing weighs a lot. And just to hold it, actually, even just to hold my iPad was painful because of where it was. It was this elbow, actually, and I held it in this hand. And, and every time I moved it, it hurt. So I did what Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. And you will have, well, every single day when I first got up and, and I washed my face, I, ouch. I felt it every time I moved my elbow, if you've ever had that. And it took it literally several months for that, for that irritation to go away. And it finally did. But it took a while, but I believed, I received. And so every day I had to fight against the pain, the discomfort, and the sensation and it looked like it, like it wasn't there, but that's not my problem, that's God's. My challenge is, believe I receive. So every time I bent my elbow, every time I held my Bible, every time we had a service, every time I went through my day, and I shaved my face, I brushed my teeth, I do something with my arm, I'm picking things up, it hurts. I, I'm not saying, ouch, that's terrible. What's, when's God gonna heal me? No, I said, Father, thank you. I believe I receive healing. For my elbow, I got up one day, it's completely well. I've had problems with both of my knees because I'm a nut. I exercise a lot, and I always have, and I still do. And both my knees, I've had just challenges. But you know what? Both of them work, and they're doing good. And I have no pain. I've had problems with my back because of an injury at age 16. And I've had to do the same thing, believe you receive. And you will have. And I've gone through the same process with my physical body. And let me say this about faith. Some, some people, um, 
find it easier to believe God for one area of life than they do another. How many hear me? So for me, I mean, listen, I've, I mean, I've gotten in the word about healing for my physical body. I believe. You hear me? But I may have another challenge in another area. Or you may be able to believe for finances or believe for a circumstantial issue just to melt away. And you, you're able to stand when it looks like nothing's going right. Well, again, you can have faith in one area. And for you, it's easier than having faith in another area. How many understand that? That's why we do need to pray for one another and understand these things. But you can develop your faith in every area. So Jesus said here, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. You'll have them. Here's some other translations. Mark, uh, this is amplified for this reason. I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. And then in parenthesis, it says, trust and be confident that it's granted to you. That it is granted to you and you'll get it. See, if I'll believe I have it, God's issue is to get it to me. And if I do believe it, sooner or later, I'll wake up one day. You know, for my knees, for my back, for other physical ailments I've had over all the years of my life, I've always believed I received and had to put up with the symptom, put up with the issue, put up with the aggravation of it. But I can't do anything to change it except believe I receive. And here's the way it's always happened. I mean, just out of the blue one day, it's gone. See, believe you receive, you will have. But it takes the tenacity of agonizing through the grueling moments when it looks like it's not working and believe you receive. How many get it? New century version, I'm almost done. So I tell you to believe that you have received the things you ask for in prayer and God will give them to you. Here's God's, this is it's God's word translation. It is a translation called God's word. That's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received whatever you pray for, and it'll be yours. Here's English Standard Version. I'll tell you you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, that's past tense, it will be yours. Complete Jewish Bible. Therefore, I'll tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, trust that you are receiving it. That's present tense, all right? And it will be yours. Bible in basic English. For this reason, I tell you, whatever, whatever you make a request in, for in prayer, have faith that it has been given to you. And you'll have it. So I've spent all my life understanding this process. And it doesn't necessarily make it easy. But if you understand the process, you know your job is to stand in faith and act and speak as though God has already answered the prayer you've prayed, right? God's job is its manifestation. Don't get caught up with when it manifests. Get caught up with believing you receive. Now, for me, what that's done for me, you know, it, it puts joy in my life because I'm no longer going, when is God going to do this? What's going to happen to this? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to this? What's going to happen to the circumstance? Am I going to have the money? No, I never think that way. If you believe you receive, you know, you act like as much as you can, like you've received. Now, if you're believing you receive finances, you don't go out and write checks or use your debit card when you don't have money in the bank. You're dumb, okay? But what do you do? You just thank God. You believe you receive. And you know what? Sooner or later, the finances are there. How many understand? Huh? I believe God for, you know, I believe God for property along with others. 
believe God to upfit, you know, years ago, a shopping center. That took a lot of money. It took a lot of time. And we had to believe God for everything we had. It looked like it wasn't going to happen a lot. If you look behind the scenes back in the 1990s, I, I learned I can believe God for property and everybody believing with us. 2002, we built another building on Aversboro Road. It looked like that was not going to happen. Have you heard some of my stories? My job was to believe I received. And I would stand there and people didn't know in the background, Father, thank you. Thank you. I believe I received. And the building, we got it worked out. Here, this building. It looked like we would never get this to work out to come into manifestation. And, uh, and but I knew my job. Father, thank you. What did I do in the background? Father, I believe I received. Thank you for the building. Thank you for the land contract. Thank you for the finances to upfit. Thank you for the finances to purchase the property. Thank you, thank you. We're doing the same thing for the, for the daycare and all the expansion we're doing. I believe I receive and do the same thing in your life. What do you believe in God for? Don't ever have a time in your life where you're believing for nothing or your faith will atrophy. How many hear me? And then when the challenge comes, there won't be the faith that's able to answer the challenge and bring you through to success. But if we'll exercise our faith on everything. So every day, find a way to believe that you receive. So I took Susan, her, it's her, go tell Susan happy birthday. She's in the back. And so I took her to breakfast and lunch. I took particularly lunch for her birthday with my son. And, and we had to, you know, it's hard to find a parking place, particularly for my truck because it ain't small. So everywhere I go, Father, I believe I receive. I mean, even the little parking place. I believe I receive. Well, guess what? I parked my truck. Backed it right up. I do it everywhere. I, I believe for parking places. I believe for every single thing I need, whatever it is. I ask God for it and then expect it to happen. And you know what? God comes through. If you'll exercise your faith in the small things, when the big things come, you'll be ready. But again, whatever you desire when you pray, believe right now that you receive it. Act like you received it. Talk like you received it. And God's job is to make sure it manifests. How many know it'll come right in time? How many believe that?